are going live right about now. And let's. Uh-oh. Hey, hello, 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 world. Welcome to this special edition of the Human Experience. I am your host, H-I-M-Y-O, better known as Himyo, aka True Him. And we have the lovely opportunity to be here with this special human experience, this live, wonderful, special broadcast. Um, I am honored to be in this place, in this space, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for choosing to tune in and tone up your uh, vibration and listening in this particular experience. Uh, So it's been a long day for me. This is obviously not the the normal recording time, but you know, I wanted to honor the, uh, the agreements that I made and I wanted to, you know, respect the time and respect the the, uh, space and the place of the individual who we are about to interview. So my day has been long. I've been up since eight. No, actually I've been up since like six uh, and had a wonderful event that we went to go that I did today with one of my clients and his grand opening of his salon in the heart of the Crenshaw district. That is the me a salon who uh, opened today with his grand opening weekend. And today was a day of community and it was a day of just giving back to the community. I mean, it was a wonderful experience to know that this gentleman uh, chose to open up his salon and the first thing he chose to do was give back to the community, right? And so you, when you think about uh, uh, an establishment when they open up their establishment, right? They just want to, they just want to get that money. They may have a, a, a sale or something or grand opening sale, but that's usually just to get people in so that they, people can spend money. But today what was different is that Mie Salon had a, had a event called reflections of me where we serve the community. And it was a day of just in the morning we were giving back and, and had a, a, a wonderful food drive. And it was um, and it was just a lovely thing that was happening, that food drive. And we gave away over at least 60 to 70 plates to to the uh, people that were in the community. There was a partnership organization that we came in with uh, that we also partnered up with Um that came about and they brought their residents in. And these are individuals who are, uh, who have been homeless, who may, uh, exhibit some mental, mental, uh, mental illness and, um, and also, um, may have been formerly incarcerated and looking to, uh, get, get their, get their lives together. And so we partnered up with this organization and they bought their, um, their residents down to be recipients of, of, of some of the food that we were giving away along with the inhabitants that were, um, that were passing by. And that was in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we transitioned into getting free haircuts. Uh, and so, these uh, th- this salon who has opened up um, Mie Salon in the heart of the Crenshaw district, right across from the Baldwin Hills Crenshaw Mall, 4112 Crenshaw Boulevard, if you choose to go check it out. And those haircuts to see the transformation. Right. So think about this salon owner who wanted to start his grand opening with investing and giving back to the community. 
right? So this is something that we talk about where reciprocity comes into play, right? Because the idea of giving first, knowing that if I give, I shall get, right? And so sowing that in the seeds of, 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 of his grand opening helps to ensure the success of his salon. And it helps to begin the process of reciprocity, which is something that we do in the community. So think of a black owned business giving back to the the African-American and highly melanated people that live in this particular area. Right. And think about how that is going to help the community circulate the dollars amongst it. So that was my day. And then I had to rush home so that I could get prepared for this wonderful interview that I am so, so, so excited about. Right. And so this guest, uh, the way that we uh, got to uh, become interactive with one another is there is a group that I, I that I belong to uh, called Blacks in Nonprofit, the BIN Network, which is a wonderful community um, built by Dr. Rowe. And in that, I placed a uh, I, I placed the ask because as you may know, um, I am into life coaching and my specific target demographic are uh, charities and uh, charitable um, entities and nonprofits uh, who want to create a sustainable impact in the environments that they serve. And so with the fact that they want to, uh, when I talk about sustainability, the sustainability that I'm talking about is usually a nonprofit, um, especially with athletes and entertainers, who is an even more specific niche who I am looking to uh, to interact with and empower them to create sustainability in their uh, charitable organizations. Now, what does sustainability look like, right? Now, usually there'll be two to three events that they may do a year. You can do the back to school giveaway. You'll do the uh, a holiday drive and then you'll do a um, oftentimes and then you'll do like a, a sports and enrichment camp during the summer. Right. Or if it's an entertainer, they may do a um, uh, they may do a music camp or an acting camp or something like that during the summer. Right. So these three events. Yes. Very impactful. They, they, they affect the community. Right now, what I'm talking about sustainability I'm talking about what is happening in between those three events. And that's where I come into play, because what I do is I work with uh, with organizations to empower them to find what are the particular programs that will help you stay sustained in the audience and the population that you're looking to serve, right? How do we create programming that keeps you engaged week after week after week as you uh, build up towards that, that event, right? And how do I empower you to find the right team that will allow you to create the proper partnerships in the communities that you come from? So that way you are then, not only are you creating a sustainable impact, but then you're also becoming a pillar within that community, right? Now, when you think about how, how invested your target population will be in you and what you are going and giving back to them, how you're staying engaged in them, that is sustainability. That is going to create the kind of impact in the community that is everlasting.
right? And so that's sort of what I'm talking about when I talk about creating a sustainable impact in the communities that you come from. So I got off on a tangent. I apologize. So let me bring that back, right? <laughs> and and talk about how I mentioned and got in contact with this guest. And so in that BIN network, I put out this um, this call to action and because I wanted to do market research and I wanted to find out what are some of the trials and tribulations, what are some of the joys and the passions that nonprofit owners have um, in, 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 in creating this impact. And so when I put that out, this individual was one of the first people to respond. And my ask was that, hey, if I can, you know, pick your brain, then I would love to interview you to help bolster what it is and how you are serving the community. And so this guest, as we were having our conversation about like what it is that she does and how she is impacting and how she even got to that point, her story became one that that just drew me in to see the fortitude that she uh, that she exhibited to see how she was able to pivot and and be able to take on and embody of uh, this specific population. Right. And the population that I am talking about is in the mental health sector and how fortuitous it was that in the advent of covid that she was able to take her organization that specifically just worked with the mental health population and, and, and helping them find um, at home jobs that would would aid in their uh, the easement of their mental health um, and, and, and find jobs that would work with that. How fortuitous is it that in the age of covid now everybody is at home? which has helped her organization grow exponentially. And so the individual that I am talking about, her name is Sheree Munsell, and she has always had, yeah, 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 of course, as it would happen, it, it always comes up, always has to be something, but it's always, it's not about being perfect. It's about being dynamic. And so I will dynamically read her bio once I pull it back up because it just shut down on me, but Hey, that's how it is. And that's where it goes. And as we get back into it, so Sheree Munsell has always had a strong passion for helping others. She has served different nonprofits for over 15 years. Sheree has all has participated in and led the charge to launch several churches and nonprofit organizations. She is a respected voice in her community, leading events like the Walk for Trayvon Martin and several others. Sheree has served as the pro president and CEO of a local anti-bullying organization, planning and implementing many events to help young people overcome bullying. In doing this, she has spoken to auditoriums of over 500 youth. She continues her work today, leading a nonprofit organization focused on helping those that have mental illness find legitimate work from home jobs and running a community of over 70,000, helping them find work. So without any further ado, I would like to introduce you all to the magnanimous, the dynamic, the queen supreme, the embodiment of black Girl magic, Miss Sheree Munsell. Sheree, 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 how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Um, I am doing okay today. I am doing okay. 
Um, just a minor correction. Three. 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 So you got Munsell right, which is, you know, most people mess that up. So. Mm. I'm sorry, Cherie. I, I apologize, Cherie. We went over this, too. We went over this. Like, I, I said your name, like, you know, seven times. You did, you did so much better than everybody else that calls me Sherry. Okay. I mean, so <laughs> I commend you for that. Oh, thank you. So, Cherie. Yes. Cherie. First, we have to do this. We got to give you your flowers. <laughs> we just got to clap you up. We got to clap you in. Not only once, but we need to give you your flowers again. Even more animated, you know, because you deserve that. Actually, three times. Let's go three times. <laughs> so, Cherie, uh, give us a little bit more of who you are, how you came to be, and um, what makes Cherie. Um, I've always had a very strong passion for helping others. I feel like I worked in nonprofits for longer than I can remember, but I also feel like I was always kind of chasing this cure in my mind, like what is going to help with the depression that I deal with every day. And I feel like I was I was always in the process of chasing that. So even when I worked in nonprofits, I was always trying to find different things that would help other people that suffered from mental illness. Um, I started out in food justice. So I started out as a farmer's market manager um, and we created a farmer's market in low income areas. Um, and we would provide uh, those low income areas with healthy, fresh, pesticide free, uh, farmer, local farmer grown food. So many of our farmers mm. actually grew in their backyard. Um, and then we also uh, put raised beds in schools and we also put bucket gardens in the backyards of um, any individual that was low income and had children and wanted to have a garden. So, mm-hmm. oh, and then we connected them with the garden coach and tested their lead, uh, their soil for lead. So that's how I started out. And I tried to kind of figure out, okay, um, addressing this depression issue through food. And I think that's a good. It was a good place to start, but I had a lot of pain from individuals in that arena. So mm. then I had that pain, and then I feel like I went back into a deep depression after that of having that pain. And then I moved on to, okay, well, let me try to chase this through religion. And so um, I worked at a, uh, at starting a, a church, and you know I did that for four years, and we did everything under the sun during that church as far as human trafficking um, or helping to solve human trafficking, helping to um, address the homeless issue, helping to uh, foster safe communities for young people. And, you know, we just did a lot of work during that uh, time. And I feel like it was, it did address a lot of the depression that I was going through but at the same time I ended up very hurt by that community also so then I was back in the depression again um and now I am trying to focus on what I'm trying to focus on me and me getting healthy um but also helping others do this process and I found a safe place in working from home. Um, it gave me security 
where I didn't know that I could have that kind of security and safety um, because I don't just suffer from depression. I also suffer from anxiety. Um, And so a lot of times, maybe in those spaces that I was in before, I may have felt that, you know, people were judging me or they were thinking stuff about me that necessarily may not have been true. And so I, in in some of those cases, I may have ran from those spaces, uh, maturity, I think I just used that word wrong, but sorry, uh, maturely ran from those spaces (laughs) um, because my anxiety was telling me all these things about these people and it may necessarily not have been the case. So um, I think that working from home has provided that safe place for me. And it's just me now. You know, I can't blame anybody else. I get to kind of face myself and learn about myself and um, what's the best way for me to move forward with my depression. And then also um, helping other people do that process and getting them connected to a safe place working from home also. Mm. And so... If I'm hearing you correctly, uh, it seems as though as you were as you were finding your place in this space and, and giving back to the community in some in some way, um, I guess what I would like to know a little bit more is like through through your anxiety or, or was it through your anxiety that you felt that you weren't fitting in or that you were being, um, I guess, like for lack of a better word, maybe preyed upon by or, or not or or not appreciated for being in these spaces by was it by the people that you were serving or the people that you were working with that kind of brought this anxiety up? Yeah, and I think you the words that you use are perfect for the situations that I was in. And it was by the leaders. It was the people that were running these organizations um, that I was working for. Um, I think I took so much pain and so much hurt from those situations, um, just feeling very undervalued, underappreciated, um, and then, you know, just actual scandals that were going on, mm. too. So it was kind of um, it, a whirlwind and crazy experience. And then also, d- just so that the people listening are, are, are kind of clear on where what region, where, where are you from? I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Interesting. Interesting within that. So, hmm. When you say not feeling empowered by the leadership and scandal going on and and um and all of that, I I hear that, and that actually makes a great segue into our first question, which is, what do you trust more? Your heart or your brain? That's such a good question. I would say for me, I definitely trust my brain more. Um, I don't tend to trust my heart very often. Um, if my if I feel like my heart is speaking, then I kind of shut it off. Mm. Um, and I think that that actually aligns pretty well with my anxiety and depression because when you suffer from anxiety and depression the main issue is is that you trust your heart or you trust you trust your your brain so much like when your brain is telling you 
all of this stuff that may necessarily not may not necessarily be true, you still trust it because you know it's your brain speaking. And I think that those that suffer from depression and anxiety usually don't trust their heart very much. They're you know like um, um, they can become very disconnected from the heart. Um, and it's just like what's in your mind, like what is your brain telling you how you should feel at that time. <laughs> And then it just kind of like, I know for personally, for me, I just kind of like go along with, with whatever. Um, and, and usually it's the voice that is telling me, you know, the most harmful things. Mm. So then let me ask you this then, um, in staying in the realm of this, uh, in this space, in the space with this, with this question. So would you say that as you came to, um, as you were coming out of the anxiety-ridden uh, episodes, and also through as those times that were you when you were able to fight, uh, fight through your depression, was going back into your heart and uh, was how? Question is, how did um, going into your heart and 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 moving from the heart space? How did that help you alleviate the depression and the anxiety? Or did I think, it? I don't know. Uh, I think that I would come at it from this perspective. It was actually other people's heart, I think, that helped me mm. to alleviate that. It was seeing their love for me and their care for me and how much they wanted me to get better um, that really helped me to come out of that because... You're, when your brain, when you're in um, the deepest part of depression, your brain is telling you that nobody cares about you. So when you see other people's, when you genuinely can see other people's hearts and you actually know that people do care, that's when, you know, that break starts to happen and that glass starts to shatter and you can really um, see yourself coming out of whatever it is that you're going through. Mm, so other people's hearts helped to re the reflection the other people's hearts allowed to allowed you to reflect upon the um the misinformation that was coming from your brain yeah is that a fair to say okay yeah. mm, that's that's interesting that's interesting being able to see other people's hearts right so that's mm, mm, wow that makes it gives me makes me wiggle <laughs> <laughs> Makes me wiggle just thinking about that. Like, ugh. See, so moving from that heart space. All right. Okay. So, well, with that being said, now we're going to go from the heart to, is it better to have beauty or be beautiful? Um, I would say that it's better to have beauty because um, when I think about having beauty, I think it kind of um, incorporates everything. Like, it's not just vanity. It's, you know, you're having a good heart, having the ability to love on others, having people love on you, um, being able to share kindness and compassion. And I think that that incorporates, you know, beauty in everything. When I think about being beautiful, I think about a vanity thing, like you, you're, you know, you have nice hair, you know, you look good or whatever. But I think the beauty aspect of it and having beauty really incorporates like everything that's not just within that vanity realm. 
Hmm. Okay. Um. So if I'm, cause really, like, right? See, so the this question is is truly actually a distinction between having something and being something, right? Uh. And if I'm hearing you correctly, in your in the way that you're breaking this question down, you're saying that that the having it, um, is is the is the active part of showing what beauty is or or is it yes that that's how i interpret interpret it interpret <laughs> i don't know why i'm struggling with this word interpreted what you just said <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay that's cool i could i could dig that because i i think that um you know, and there is no right or wrong answer to any of these to any of these questions. It is simply your expression of um, of how you feel in that, right? And so, when I think about the distinction between having something and being so- and, and being something, right? Um, like being is the action word, so that is the the expression and the manifestation of of that which it is we're talking about, right? And in this case, we're talking about beauty. So then, when you're talking about um, being beautiful, that is the, the emanating sort of like going back to that heart space, right? When people were, when people were able to, um, to emanate from that heart space and, 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 and move from that space, it touched you enough to move out of it. Right. So they're, 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 they're being full of the heart. And I think that is similar to what we're talking about. And actually, I think it's similar to what it is that you express in the, um, the embodiment of that word and right. And using it and, and, and having it, um, be manifested in real life. Right. So that it's used and that, that it's being seen and that it's being, um, passed on and it goes below just the, the, the shell that you're in. Right. And so, um, so like just case in point, when we first had our conversation, I think that, I mean, you're the, the beauty resonated so much from you in your story and what it was that you were sharing. And it was like, it was like, damn, this woman is like amazing, right? Because of what she was, what you were able to accomplish and then, and, and how you were still able to move from that place in that space. Right. And I think that that's beautiful. Right. Um, and that's what people aspire to be. Right. Because you were that in action. Uh, so, you know, yes, that absolutely makes sense. Um, hearing and explaining that way, that 100 percent makes sense and really helps to narrow that down in my mind. Yeah, I think that being is really important. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just, I would just if you haven't heard it enough, I think you are being beautiful at all times. Okay. From, 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 I would say at all the times that we've interacted, I would say that, right? Because I don't, you know, I won't pretend to say that I know you like that, like that. I just met you a couple, uh, like about like three or four weeks ago. So, you know, I mean, all I know is the interactions that we've had, it was you being beautiful. Um, and so if, if, if you take that with you and, and, you know, let that, let that sink in, let that land and let that, let that live in your space. So that way you can always revert back to that. Um, and if not, you always have this recording to revert back to yes, your <laughs> for when the times get tough. Um, and so with that, we go from talking about the heart space and, and, um, and, and, and the trusting of it. We talk about, you know, having or being beautiful. 
And then that would lead me into when was the last time you cried, Cherie? Oh boy. I don't remember. I can't really say that I remember the last time I actually cried. Um I, I guess I, I guess the last time I cried was actually in laughter. Mm. I was like laughing so hard that I cried. Oh, um, that's awesome. What were you laughing at? <laughs> I was laughing. It was like a meme or something somebody posted that for some reason, it was such a silly meme. And I don't even remember what it was about, but it was so silly. And it just made me laugh for like a whole five minutes straight. And I was what? like, I don't know why I think this is so funny. I really don't. But it was just so funny to me. And I was like in tears. Um, But the last time I cried in sadness, I really don't remember. Um, I tend to push emotions down as far as possible until I kind of erupt. Sure. I I would just I just want to I just want to interrupt you. Uh, I'm sorry uh, for interrupting you, but I'm not really sorry because what I would like to say towards that. Right. Is that it's okay. The fact that you were able to cry in joy is going back to being beautiful, right? Like that is the, that is the, uh, that is the, the awesomeness in that, right? Because when sometimes when people think about crying, they always think about like the sadness and the pain that goes along with having that, um, with emoting that for that particular action of, of, um, uh, of of crying right there's also that other side there is cries of joy you know there are there are the releases and the expressions of joy that will also allow us to cry and so um you know thank you for expressing that from that manner right and and reverting back to to that like the fact that you were able to literally from what you just said cry for 5 minutes laughing like that's that's that how how that's healing, right? Because because that for whatever reason, for whatever reason, spirit, universe, God, however you tap into source, you know, presented this in front of you, and something resonated that brought this joy out, that allowed you to express this joy so much so that it brought you to tears, you know. So, so like, like that's something to be, that's something to be reveled in, right? Because when, when asked or when people talk about crying, you know, they, the first thing they would go to is the pain that go, that is associated with crying as opposed to the joy that is associated with crying. Right. And so for you to, um, for you to express that, uh, and say that, that, you know, it's been, you can't remember the last time you cried out of pain, but you are able to remember the last time you cried out of joy is a commendable moment. Because once again, most people will revert to the, to the sadness side of things as to why they made or why they cried. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I'll let that, I'll let that live with you. I'll let that live with you. You know what I'm saying? In, 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 um, and help it. Well, I, I told you when we first started talking, you know, you said you were having a okay week and I'm here to uplift you. I'm here okay. to allow for the great, for the, for the okay week to go to 
at least after this interaction, you could you could say as we get closer to the end of the week, okay, you know, maybe it, it, it may have started off a little a little rough and, and, and stuff, but at least from in this interaction, you can enjoy your Saturday night with hopefully some more joy to make it go from being an okay week to at least being a good day, good moment. That's my goal. You know what I'm saying? To, to, to at least embed that and 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 um that's my intention in talking to you today i love it awesome so um we go from heart space we go from talking about beauty then we're talking about the what made you uh what was so joyous in your life that you uh that it made you cry uh and so now i will ask you sheree what are three words you should know in all languages? Um, I think hope, love, and giving. Hmm. How ironic you would say hope when you started an organization called Hope Gain Network. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But please elaborate a little bit more about why you would say hope, love, and the third one was giving. Giving. Okay. Yeah, please elaborate on why those three words. I would say hope um, because it, I just, I feel like it's just a universal thing. Like, if we were going to talk about knowing something in a language, I would think that you would want some universal um, things that people would need. And I feel like hope is a universal thing that people really, really need, um, especially in the times that we're in right now mm. with so many things going wrong all over the world because of the pandemic. I feel like hope is just like something that you can really take anywhere and you should know how to translate that to other people. Mm. And then the same with love. I think we are in a time where we just need so much more of it. Like we just need so much more love in this world. Um, especially that, you know, with so much division going on and that giving, um, I really just feel like people need to um, support and, help each other more mm. um, and I think that in that again with it being universal I think that people really need to learn how to give of themselves and that's one of the really great things that um, when you were talking about the Blacks and Nonprofit group and I started to think about like how um, Dr. Rowe is expanding out to, you know, having the National Nonprofit Minority Association from that and how that is all about giving. It's like across all uh, channels and spaces, being able to, seeing so many people from different places, being able to give to each other um, and share with each other, I think it's just really important. Mm. Okay. 
Well, I think we, uh, I think through this, we've found the title of this particular episode, which is uh, How to Take Hope With You. Um, and uh, so thank you for that. <laughs> we definitely found the title. I, that, that's, that sounds like a really good one. Um, um, so, okay. So we talked about heart space, head space, crying, having hope giving and being loving so miss sheree sheree (laughs) i promise i'm gonna i'm not no i'm not gonna make any false promises i probably will mess it up a couple more times (laughs) (laughs) but what i will promise is that i will promise to try to recorrect myself <laughs> when I notice that I've said it wrong. <laughs> that I, that's habit. a promise I can keep. <laughs> it's a good so, Sheree, what is it that's... Oh, my God. No, Siri. Get out of here. Talking to her. <laughs> yeah, uh, see? So maybe it, is, maybe it is good that I say your name wrong because right? freaking... <laughs> This damn thing is gonna keep popping up. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, we're gonna work through that. So, what is it that scares you, Miss Munsell? <laughs> what do I fear that scares me? The actually, the thing that scares me the most is not being here. Like, um. Like something happening to me and my family not being able to move on without me Um, because of the fact that I am so, my family is so dependent on me being here. I think what scares me the most is them having to live without me, like something happening to me and them having to live without me is probably the most scary thought that I, you know, that I can think of. Mm. ever (laughs) you know what uh that actually opens up some space for uh for something if you if you choose to share don't you don't have to feel obligated to share anything right um but i do want to recall uh one of the things like i said that had me so engaged in you as a as a being um was when you talk about what scares you and how you show up for your family and what you mean to your family, um, can you share some of that that family history so that way the audience can gain even more of an understanding of why you would answer the question of what scares you in that manner? Yes, absolutely. Uh, one of the main things is my mom is very sick. Um, she has several autoimmune diseases, so I'm the caretaker of her. So I. Uh, make sure she has her medications on time, make sure she has, you know, anything that she needs and cook and clean and all of that stuff. And then also um, my sister is addicted to drugs. So I have custody of my niece and nephew. Um, So I'm also their caretaker also. Um, And then, you know, supporting, just trying to support both of my sisters through uh, their mental illness struggles and then also, you know, drug addiction. So, yes. Mm. So would you say that has that been something that like, have you been placed in that position? Um, Is it fair to say that you've been in that position of the caretaker um, and the one having to be responsible 
from a young age? For longer than I can remember. Um, yes, it started. My mom became sick when I was pretty young. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I had to drop out of school so I could get a job because I was the only person in the household that really could work or really wanted to work. So I had to drop out of school in order to start working, like, very young, 16. Um, mm. Got the first job at 16 and been working ever since. Mm. And so how much has you being thrusted in this position at such a young age, how much would you say that that also aided in, I guess, the the development of this, of, of, of the, or bringing out the mental illness side of, of you? Like, how much would you contribute to being put into these positions at such a young age? I never realized it was contributing at all. I never thought that it was, but every time I talk to a counselor, they say that this is con- this contributed quite a lot to what you're going through right now and continues to contri- contribute a lot. But I never really kind of acknowledged it or kind of connected those dots. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just was just like, you know, it's just a medical thing, you know, and I'm just battling with this thing. Um, but you know, every every counselor, every psychiatrist, every doctor that I talk to, you know, will contribute some of what I went through back to uh, the mental struggle. Hmm. And so, how did? So how did you? You know, I, nah, that's a whole nother. I don't. I'm not gonna even go <laughs> down. I'm not gonna even go down that road. I don't. You know, there's so there's so many questions circulating in my head that like that I want to like delve into in, but that's a whole different kind of human experience. And I don't think that this is the place or the space to, uh, to, to delve into that. Um, but there is maybe a time to, to revisit that and use that as a starting point, um, with, within that. Uh, and so that's my, that's my social work background coming out of me. Like hmm, <laughs> the social worker in me is like, let's continue to dive into this. I want to unpack all of this. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, well, anyway, that's uh, that's honestly, if like if you ask me, like, what's the thing like people when people ask, like, what are your hobbies? Like my main hobby is people. I love people. I love trying to understand how they operate, what motivates them intrinsically, extrinsic, ex, um, extrinsically, like all the little minute details about people is my thing. Like I, I can sit any, I can sit all day and just people watch. Like that's, that's actually probably my favorite hobby is to people watch and like, just, just wonder what's going on in their heads. Um, actually I'm, if I had to, if I had to add an eighth question on to the human experience, it would be like, if you could choose a superpower, what would it be? Because I know my superpower would definitely have to do with being able to read people's minds, right? And um and and understand that. And it's solely because I would want to know what they're thinking so that I could best be of service to them. Like that that would that's the only reason I would really want to know, like have that ability, right? Um, so I guess fuck it. I just I just added on another question. <laughs> Whatever. If you had a superpower, what would your superpower be? 
I think for me, it would probably be the ability to fly. <laughs> I would want that. Um, and it's kind of a silly reason, just because I never learned how to drive. Like, I never got my license and then never learned how to drive. And nobody in my family drives. What? Um, none of my sisters learned how to drive. Uh, my mom doesn't drive because she has ap- epilepsy. And so not having a vehicle and not learning how to drive, not knowing how to drive causes so many problems for us. Like we have to go through Uber to get everywhere. We have to go to Uber to get groceries, get, you know, so being able to like go get up and just go for me would be like the, the greatest thing in the world. Mm. I get that. That makes that makes hella sense. <laughs> makes hella sense. I, I get it. I get it. And so you just ask, you, you, you make these statements and, and it just makes me want to dive in. Yeah, I just want to be like, so what do you mean? <laughs> so you don't drive. Do you ever, is that one of your goals to learn how to drive? What is it about not driving or, or choosing not to drive yet? Um, is it that like, yeah, what, what would be the barrier now for you not learning how to drive or wanting to drive or, or do you even want it? Do you even want to learn how to drive? Yeah, I always wanted to, but I had my stepdad and he would always tell me like, I'm going to teach you and we're going to teach you. We're going to teach you. And then it just kind of like, it got to be like 30 years later and he still didn't, he still hasn't teach, he still hasn't taught me anything. So I think that's really <laughs> what it was. It wasn't necessarily that I um, never wanted to learn. I've always wanted to learn. I just, you know, haven't I guess it just didn't really take the initiative to kind of put pressure on those that do know how to drive to teach me. Uh well then could I uh kind of encourage you to uh you know kind of take that leap. Uh there's driving schools, there's um there's video games. There's uh yeah, if you're in the right. video games where you could uh <laughs> kind of do some virtual driving learning you know um yeah i mean i would just encourage you if if, especially if that's something that um from if from hearing you right if that is something that will help to alleviate at least a a a millisecond or a millifraction of um of the stressors that are are in your life and if it's if it's something that's like legit in your control um to, for you to, to be able to do, uh, I, I would just love to encourage you. I would love nothing more than to uh, double back with you in 2021, right? So I have this statement. So 20, the year of 2020, everybody talks about the cancel culture, canceling 2020 and da 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 I think we were provided a wonderful opportunity by the creator to um, have 2020 vision. Right. So that way in 21, you can get it done. So we've been afforded nothing but time and opportunity to work on hone, plan, plot and strategize on whatever the vision of the individual that you want to be in this world. If you have taken the time in 2020 to to hone and work on that, you're winning. And that was going to it. That is going to set you up for getting it done in 21. And so with that being said, I would love to encourage you, Shri, 
Munsell to take advantage of that. So that for nothing more than just to twofold. One, so that way you can alleviate a lot of the, the, the stressors that are in your life that have to do with being able to be mobile and get around, especially living in Michigan, especially in the winter months, which exacerbates you, you know, you getting around and things of that nature. And on top of that, just to add and tick off another accomplishment in your life. Right. And something that would be uh, and it gives you it gives you something to, to work towards something to, to uh, another goal to add on on to your um, long list of accomplishments and things that you have overcome uh, and, and, and to have something so tangible. And I I'll even put this out there. That I feel that through you choosing to um, to to take that on. And, and and have that accomplishment in your life, I feel that you will be blessed with the uh, the opportunity to also, along with that, find some sort of transportation that is going to, to land in your life. That is that is what I'm that is what I'm speaking into existence. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think if you take the initiative, if you take that initiative to 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 have that accomplishment in your life. Source, creator, God, Allah, Buddha, whatever you want to call it, dog, cat, whatever, whatever you want to call it, spirit will will bless you tremendously. And because of all that you take on and all that you serve for others, right, because that all that is going to do is just allow you to be in service even even I want to say even more, even more fully, but that ain't proper English. Whatever, <laughs> it, it'll allow you to be in full service, right? Um, and what it is that, and what it is that you do. I'm, I'm speaking that in, I'm speaking that into life. Um, and I would, I, I just can't wait to double back with you and, 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 and see that come to come to fruition. You I know? definitely receive it. Awesome. Uh, so wow, we got off on it. We got off on that one, but I think that that was necessary. <laughs> that was that wasn't even that wasn't all the way me speaking. That was just that was that was source speaking through me to speak to you to um encourage you to 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 continue to evolve and continue to um and continue to use and find ways to to uh to love on yourself even more. Um, so we go from what scares you to. I think we should. We kind of got a little talked about it too. But what makes you happy? Oh, I find so much joy in helping others. Like that really just gives me like that really just it really it gives me it just makes me so amped and like seeing other people's faces when you can like bring joy to them. Man, that that's like the the number one thing for me that just really gives me um so much joy. Um, I forgot what like the the gift is like. There's like people can have certain gifts. Like there's a gift. There's a there's there's like a love language of um, like gift receiving. But I think that mine is like gift giving. Like that's my love language. Mm. <laughs> it's like giving people really you know thoughtful, heartfelt gifts that make them you know really truly happy. I always 
overthink about that kind of stuff. So. Mm. So then on the flip side, ah, why do I keep getting into this mode when I talk to you? Ah, ah. So because you're such a giver, because you're such a giver, um, do you, how, how, how do you receive? Are you a good receiver? No. <laughs> mm. yeah, I feel like that's the case with a lot of people that, you know, are givers. It, it, you know, I just, I, I struggle a lot with receiving. Um, I, and, and even when I do receive, I always want to give it away. Like okay. when somebody like gives me something, I feel like I have to give parts of it away. And so whenever like a friend or something gives me money or something, you know, when my grandma used to give me money for um, my birthday or uh, holiday or something, she would always say, don't you dare spend this on anybody else because she already knew that that's exactly what I was going to do with it. And she would say, you know, don't you spend this on bills. Don't you spend this on your sisters. Don't you spend this on them kids. You better spend this on yourself. And she knew that. And she didn't tell me that that money was going right to somebody else as soon as I got it in my hand. Mm. So, so yeah, I have. I don't always do so well with receiving, receiving from people. You know, um, so I was in at the top of the year. I was in a uh, in a workshop called Man Cave. Um, oh no, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Man Cave. It was called Unleash the Beast. Uh, and and so. In that workshop, it was ran by a, um, a person, an individual by the name of Preston Smiles. Um, and so in that course uh, and that weekend, they were talking about, you know, how people are often uh, how how people find it hard to to receive. Right. And in that they were talking about in the in the idea of be not being a good receiver how you're actually robbing the other people of of their blessings, right? Now, damn, this actually goes back full circle to what I was just talking about in the introduction, right? Cuz the idea of like giving and receiving, right? So, in order to in order to give, that's when you get, right? Because you're making space for as as a as a giver, you're making space to also allow things to come in, right? And so, um when people are trying to give you something by us, by us, and I'll, I'll say us too, because sometimes I have a hard time of receiving as well, right? But by us not um, wanting to receive what someone is giving, we're actually um, blocking an opportunity for them to uh, to be of service and to give life to others and to energetically make space for uh, for whatever else is going to come into their life because they've let that go in, in a, in a giving manner. Right. So we're actually robbing an opportunity of someone to receive a blessing by not being a, um, by not being a receiver or not receiving what it is that they're trying to give to them to, to give to us. Right. And so I would love to, you know, pass that on to you. Um, we ain't going to work on too many exercises. In- <laughs> We're not gonna put too many tasks on your plate. Um, that was a word all in itself that like touched <laughs> something down in my spirit. I was like, wait a minute. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I oh, whew, I definitely need to hear that. Mm. That was uh, that was a powerful message right there. So, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, I will accept. I will be open, and 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 and, and, and I don't. 
last thing I want to do is black somebody's blessing. So I would, when people come to me and they want, you know, to offer me something, I would be open. Mm. All right, yeah. So don't be a blessing blocker, okay? Right. Don't be a blessing <laughs> hater. Blessing blocker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> blessing. You be an inadvertent blessing hater, and no, <laughs> it, it ain't none of that, right? So awesome. Well, cool. Um. All right, cool. <laughs> wow, this has been um, this has been a, a, a wonderful time. I knew, I knew it. Like, I knew, I knew there was going to be something dynamic about this. Uh, about this interaction um and you know like thank you you know thank you truly from the bottom of my heart for um for choosing to accept uh the offer um to give me some gems and some jewels of like how, what it took for you to run your organization uh and, and get that out there uh we we will allow for some space for you to talk about that um at the end um and, and like the organization that you started and how you started and how you're impacting it. And we will do that right after you answer this last question. Cause we have gotten to pregunto numero siete, which is what is your purpose? Miss Mansell? Um, I believe that my purpose is to obviously I 100% believe that my purpose is to um, help others and to spread love and light to other people um, but also I believe that my purpose is exactly what I'm doing right now is to help people from what I've learned to share my experiences and to share my information that I receive as I am in a constant state of soaking up knowledge. I believe that my purpose is to share that knowledge. Um, so that's, you know, that's what I've been doing is soaking it up, figuring it out and sharing that with other people. Mm. And so that's a, actually, that's a, a great segue into uh, going into a little bit more about uh, the Hope Gain Network and, and, and the service that it provides uh, to individuals. So if, you know, I read that in a bio, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's always better to hear it from, from the source and from the creator. Right. So, um, please go into a little bit about what, uh, hope gain network is, um, and, and, um, and the service that it provides. And if you even so choose to, um, to want to name some of the individuals, uh, some of the companies that, that you're, you have gained access to to be able to um, to work with. Like, please, this is your opportunity to to do to do so. Right. So the purpose, what we are, is a five hundred one c three tax exempt nonprofit, um, and our purpose is helping those that suffer from mental illness find legitimate work from home jobs. Um, and we do this through many different uh, avenues. We offer work from home training. We are um, implementing and creating our companies that care database. Uh, that is companies that are sensitive to mental health of their employees. Um, and then we also have our legitimate work from home group. That's our group, which at the time of me writing the bio and updating the bio, it was at 70,000, but now it is at 80,000. So what? <laughs> what? 10, that quick. 
So, <laughs> so, so we are in a constant state of growing the group and helping people to find legitimate work from home. We probably get, um, I would say, at least a thousand people a month that um, are moving into a legitimate work from home career. Um, we are, you know, featured on great nonprofits as a top-rated nonprofit, and we have very a lot of testimonials on there for people who have uh, found legitimate work from home. And, you know, I started this organization because I say so many, I say in so many words that uh, working from home really saved my life. You know, I was um, just struggling. I was really struggling bad. I, you, I hadn't, you know, I was in a period where I hadn't left the house in two years. I was just laying in the bed all day long barely got up to even wash like I was just like bed completely bedridden because I was in the darkest place ever and coming out of that dark place I was you know going to start looking for work and I just kept getting fired because I kept going back into that dark place and and you know after just getting fired I just started to feel worthless and I could think of, well, I'm just going to end my life. And instead of ending my life, kind of the still voice just told me to, you know, find something that you can do in a safe place where, you know, um, look for work from home. And at the time, I thought to myself that work from home probably doesn't exist. Like everything's going to be a scam and <laughs> I'm not going to find anything legitimate. Um and lucky me, I just came across a few sites that had nothing but legitimate work from home. And um, I was able to work from home. I've been working from home for over eight years. And um, I just found safety and comfort in that. And so I started this nonprofit and started the group so that other people can that are feeling hopeless can find that safety and comfort. And so many people tell me every day that they they you know found their safe place and you know they relate to my story so if i hear you and if i'm hearing you correctly would you consider yourself to be um an expert in um setting up and understanding what it is to work from home because if you're saying you've been at this for eight years like think like companies have not like that is you were doing this before companies were even kind of even thinking about what work from home was and is like, so you were in a very small minority of companies that even offered their employees the opportunity to be able to work home, work at home. So in doing this through these eight years, there's a skill set and an expertise and a, um, a wide understanding of like what that place and what that space is, which then also translates into um, being able to flip that into you're a service provider and you and, and companies should be coming to you specifically to help them figure out how to how their employees can then work at home, especially in the era that we're in now. Right. So you're actually like for your nonprofit, that would be a huge generator of um, of, of income and, 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 and partnerships made because of your expertise that you've been able to develop 
over these last eight years. So whoever's out there listening, however y'all are listening, hit this woman up. Because if you are trying to figure out how your company is going to switch and and you're going you've already been trying to go through that in this covid era and you ain't figured the shit out yet. This woman has figured it out. Her organization has figured it out. She has an expertise that you need at yes, this particular I've, moment. I've worked from home in every capacity there is. So I've worked for startups. I've worked for the largest companies in the world. <laughs> I've worked for uh, the middle ground companies. And I've worked for, uh, for them from the very beginning of them just getting remote workers and just trying to start and you finding figuring out the systems to use and all that stuff so i do have great knowledge of all of those things um and i do at this point i do consider myself an expert um because you know i've just been doing it for so long <laughs> i think i'm kind of uh i figured this thing out so mm. She's figured it out, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Give her that money. She needs that money. Give and of course, she I'm deserves. Learning also, we're so we're always we're always in the learning process. No matter how much of an expert you are, you um, agreed. You're always learning new things. Agreed. But what I'm saying right now is, yeah, you always learning, but. What you have learned is extremely valuable in where we are at in this world at this particular moment. So. You need to be getting that money. You need to like there. There is no if, ands, or buts. Like you are a expert in this field, and the fucking world has to adjust to the field that you're an expert in. So why not you be an individual that is highly compensated for the expertise that you have, especially since the world needs it now? Is all okay. I'm saying. I receive it. Amen. That's all all I'm saying. And I also want to mention that our group, there's many work from home groups out there. Um, We are definitely not the only one. Uh, I think we're the fastest growing one, but but we are definitely not the only one. But the purpose of my group, I wanted to go beyond work from home. I didn't want it to just be a work from home group. I wanted it to be a full service group that helps people all holistically all the way around uh, to provide them with equipment and resources and everything else that they needed to get started. Because one of the things that is really can be crippling for somebody who suffers from anxiety when they don't know, when they don't have that support. Um, when they're just left out there to figure things out by themselves. Mm. Even if working from home is a safe place for them, it won't be if they don't have full service support. So that's what our group is about Mm. um, and why we started the nonprofit. So we can go to grant funders and say, can you donate a desk? Can you donate uh, some headsets? Can you donate computers or whatever so that we can give this to our members so we can offer a full service work from home journey for them? Um, and not just be a job, uh, a place for people to just find jobs. Mm. I hear it. I receive it. And, um, and yes, you, you should be getting all the money, all the money should be pouring in there with no if, ands or buts. Um, and every grant that has been written and every, you know, should just be automatically checked off 
um, as long as all the I'm I'm assuming that all the I's are dotted and all the T's across, and there should be no um, pushback in supporting, funding, and um, and, and and thriving in the environment that you're in. So, you know, with that being said, we have uh, come to uh, the closing of the human experience uh, as it relates to you, Miss Munsell, uh, because if I say your name correctly, we're going to get cut off by this machine. <laughs> they don't want to see us win. They don't want to see us win. Um, but, you know, with that being said, uh, please use this opportunity once again to uh, to let the people know how they can get in contact with you and with your organization. Um, obviously, I will still be putting this up in the um, post uh, in the post after this. But still, let the people know uh, how to get in contact with you and how to get in contact with the Hope Gain Network. So our website is hopegain.org. Um, and then our Facebook is just Hope Gain Network. On our website, you can literally find everything that you need to know about our organization. Our Facebook is on there. Instagram is on there. Um, our The link to our group, which is the Legitimate Work From Home uh, discussion group. And the link is right on our website. Pretty much everything that has anything to do with us is on our website. If you want to contact me or you want to donate, donate buttons on the website contact form is on the website so really the best <laughs> place to go is the website <laughs> we got you <laughs> go to the website hopegain.org yes hopegain.org yes hopegain.org 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 um and so you know with that being said <sighs> miss Shere- Cherie Munsell Sheree Munsell, Sheree Munsell, correct? Is that correct? Sheree Munsell. Okay, cool. Miss Sheree Munsell, um, I would just like to once again say thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing me to be in your space and in your place. This has been such an enlivening experience to be able to uh, hear you compassionately express who you are. I have fully taken on um, the experience of you. And my experience of you is of a, how does my Maya Angelou best say it? A phenomenal woman, you know, and you are, as I was saying at the top, you are the embodiment and the, um, the exaltation of black girl magic. And for what I, uh, am, am truly appreciative of is, um, is the opportunity that I have just had to sit down with you for an extended period of time, um, and, and, and share space and place with you, uh, because it was enlivening. And I truly, truly appreciate you wanting to spend your Saturday night uh, talking to me on the human experience. And um, I know that without a shadow of a doubt that as you continue going and as you continue expanding and, and, and opening up and um, working on that receiving, 
as much as you give that the possibilities are endless because you give so much of yourself and you have given up so much of yourself in service to others. The universe is just waiting to be able to give back unto you. So I, 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 I truly hope that you, you allow yourself to, to sit back and, and truly move into that heart space. So that way you can continue to be the reflection of the heart that people have received, that you have received from others, right? And so that way that by you receiving all of this, it only allows you to help even more. And so um, with that being said, thank you, thank you, thank you for your presence in this world and how you show up. And I would also like to thank you, the listener and the viewers, those that kept chiming in and out. I would like to um, give a shout out to Mr. Tom Sealand. He was my band teacher from when I was in third, fourth and fifth grade. So Mr. Sealand has known me from a, a, an individual who I ain't going to get into like what I was like as a child um, and what I was like in in. <laughs> especially in those years. Uh, but to, you know, I want to give him a shout out. He says, you talk about transformation. I think you made a big transformation yourself. So thank you, uh, Mr. Seelan for, uh, for that. And I also want to give a shout out to James Lewis. Peace to you. Good brother. I hope you were, um, on this conversation, um, and paid attention to this conversation through its entirety because, um, I hope you can pull out some gems and jewels from this interaction. Miss Munsell was uh was only a mirror um for 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 all of us, you know. And so thank you for reflecting the beauty and um compassion that that resides within you, Miss Munsell. Uh and so with that being said, <sighs> I almost don't want to stop. I just want to keep going. There's so many more questions that I want to keep asking you. There's, I just want to, let's just say that this is uh, to be continued because I, I'm definitely going to, you know, keep up with you. I want to definitely continue to like at, at any time um, I can be of service to what it is that you're doing and, and can be of any kind of assistance. Please know that I am there. Um, and, and I'm going to be actively looking for places and spaces to continue to uplift you and what it is that you do. Um, and, 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 and any connections that I can, can make to help bolster and, and, and place you in the proper position, um, to continue winning, uh, please know that it's done. Um, if I can do it, consider it done. Um, and, and so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again um, for, for allowing me this opportunity. And so with that being said, I just want to say, whoo, this has been a great one. My name is him, yo, AKA at through him, AKA dynamite him, AKA it all flows through him. And that statement has not even as not been more true than it has been today in being able to speak to their our lovely guests thank you for listening thank you for 
uh, allowing yourself the opportunity to be in this place in this space to interact with me and Miss Sheree Munsell. Um, be peaceful, be happy, be productive, and be you because you matter. This has been the human experience. Check us out on all major platforms, Spotify, Google Play, Apple, um, Apple Podcasts, and join us for your experience. Our experience is now your experience. And we hope that it has been an experience that has been one of joy, upliftment, and empowerment. Can't wait to hear you hear your voices. Please send some send some comments. We would love to hear your comments. Love to hear what it is that you had to say. Some of your takeaways from today's conversation. Um, we just would love to to interact with that. Again, be happy and be productive. This has been the human experience.